Many of our colleges are larger than most of the private institutions in this state. Gary's leading a unit that's bigger than most presidents lead in the state of Indiana. Polytechnics, student base, industry support, etc., looks different than ags and pharmacies and so on. So that's a big deal. From Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, this is Techies Today, the Purdue Polytechnic Podcast. I'm John O. Jay Ackridge is Purdue University's Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs and Diversity. He recently invited faculty and staff in the Polytechnic to meet with him in the Wilmoth Active Learning Center on campus. Jay discussed new investments in faculty and facilities designed to ensure that the quality of the Purdue experience is not compromised even as our enrollment grows. As a Tier 1 research university, can Purdue also be considered a teaching one institution? Jay notes that Purdue Polytechnic's focus on active learning and the blending of technology with the humanities will, in the decade ahead, help Purdue achieve its aspirational goals. Here is Provost Jay Ackridge and his presentation to our faculty and staff. Growth is something that the Polytechnic is certainly familiar with. So I think all of you know we welcomed about 8,056 students this fall, so pushed us just north of 33,600 as a campus, and, and you tag on uh, record graduate professional enrollment, 10,900, so we're about 44.5 as a university. That's our highest number ever. You folks, of course, have added about 1,000 students in the last seven, eight years, and right now, right at 5,000 if you look at graduate and undergraduate. So the Polytechnic has certainly been an important part of this growth and has certainly been a priority in terms of, of investing to help continue to grow. So excited about that. Of course, that means you've got to help make sure you can maintain the program quality in the face of the growth. So there's been a fair number of investments in you know, TAs and advising staff and various forms of visiting clinical faculty, and, and some of that investment's come your way. Uh, longer term, we just approved some new faculty positions for Gary, for the, the Polytechnic, uh, again, to bring more permanent capacity. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about facilities. So I just uh, put it out there. One of the things we're pretty sensitive to right now is just to make sure that the growth doesn't undermine the student experience. And that's, there's a tension there. We've got to watch and be pretty careful with. But we're trying to make sure the investments continue to come to support the, the growth. There's some things coming online, and most of you know this well. The new teaching lab, the one that's over in the parking lot of Elliott, will be online next fall. So uh, if you want to you know, get uh, find somebody that's excited about stuff, talk to some of the folks in chemistry about what they're going to be able to do in this space. So it's, uh, it's not just new labs. I think there's 33 new labs uh, in that building. Uh, the, the way they teach chemistry and biology is going to evolve as well. It's all digital. Uh, lab notebooks are all digital. It's, it's uh, very, very contemporary, and they're, they're, they're excited about, again, what they're going to be able to do with our students. So it's not just about, again, the new space. It's about how they're going to be teaching there as well. So really important and kind of a compliment to this building. I mean, this obviously 27 classrooms uh, in this active learning format, uh, that's going to be 33 labs. It'll pretty much take care of our freshman chemistry and sophomore chemistry and biology. We will have some new residence halls coming online next fall as well, about 1,300 beds. 
So that's going to help us again. We've, 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 made, we've gotten by in a variety of ways with the Purdue Village and some leasing some space in the Blackbird Farms, et cetera. But being able to bring these folks into new residence halls on campus is, uh, is obviously something we're excited about and for lots and lots of reasons. But, but again, that'll, these things will both be online for the fall of, of 2020 class. Of course, the most exciting thing happening right now is the one you're involved in, the Gateway Project. You know plenty about that. Uh, we were talking coming over. Uh, Dean Willie Reed, they're, they're getting a new vet hospital. I'll talk about it in just a minute. For about a, three or four months there, he had bragging rights as the largest Purdue academic project in, in our history uh, when they got trumped, you know, with the, <laughs> the, the Gateway. So $140 million is a, a massive, massive effort, and it's exciting to see engineering and the polytechnic working very closely together on this project. And, and the Lilly Foundation, like the state, you know, that's $100 million in those two units alone, very bought into the vision of, of helping create more graduates in this very, very important space. So, I mean, in the end, Gary, I think it's fair to say, I mean, a lot of, a lot of things to go through, but they, there, there wasn't much selling here because they see how important this is in, to our state's economic development to continue to bring research and contribute human talent to our state. So very excited about this project. I know it's going to be this corner of campus will be a mess for a while, but it's going to be worth it when we, uh, when we get on the other side. And I just mentioned the vet hospital. A badly needed project, you know, some of you may be uh, customers, you have patients in the, the vet hospital. That hospital was right at the edge of, of, of basically being inadequate to help them with, uh, to meet accreditation standards. So our state stepped up with uh, $73 million to do that, and that plus some money from the campus, it's about a $108 million project. So, but when it's done, they will now have contemporary facilities to train their doctors of veterinary medicine. So very very exciting project, but you know, it's, it's hard to get your head around a little bit. You put Gateway and this hospital together, there's a quarter of a billion dollars of projects in those two spaces, and that's a very serious commitment to this campus, and I think says something about what our state, Lilly Foundation donors are, are saying about the work that's going on here. So those things are all, all coming. Let me just make a couple of comments here about things that are on our agenda in the provost's office. Long story short, we've been thinking about this business of the residential educational experience. And I don't need to say too much with this group because this, you know, the Polytechnic gives a lot of thought to, to what should the undergraduate experience be as we look to the future. And you folks are pushing the edges of, again, what that ought to look like. Well, we're trying to do that at the campus too. So um, I'm gonna come back to the roadmap in a second, but to, to what end? So the, the one idea that's, that we've kicked around is, in terms of framing an aspirational goal, this is a research one institution. Obviously that puts us in a particular category of places around the country as you think about the research intensity of the place. But among that group, what if we were known as the place with the, the single best, most impactful, uh, most innovative uh, undergraduate program? among all of those Research One institutions. There's a lot of reasons we can talk about why that'd be a good place uh, to be. Frank Dooley the other day used the comment, we ought to be a T1 institution, okay, a teaching one, which is kind of a cool way to think about it, both Research One and teaching one, and what might that look like? So we have a, a lot of very strong undergraduate programs at this place now. How do you build on that, again, to maybe even uh, be more known and, and be a place that students want to be because of the quality of the program? This roadmap is something some of you have seen, and it's, it's got five broad themes, lanes, if you want to talk about. One of them is just what do we mean by great teaching? How do we support that, reward it, recognize it, train for it? 
there's a lot of pieces to this. One of them, we just did recently something new, a, a night of teaching excellence, where we put a spotlight on our very best teachers on this campus, the, the individuals who had won campus-wide uh, teaching awards. We'd never done anything like that before, and uh, great evening. We'll do it again. President Daniel's there, trustees there. We've done it for research. We hadn't done it for teaching, so why not? It's a small idea, but it's, it's one that is an example of the things that are coming, the 150th anniversary professorships. We give a lot of named professorships or award those to people research, not so much on teaching. So we awarded 10 teaching uh, named professorships again last year in this spirit. This second one I know is part and parcel to this, uh, to the Polytechnic, and that's innovation. I, one thing I do know I, that I, I don't know is what an undergraduate program should look like in 10 years. Okay, I mean, who can speculate? I mean, you think about the, the, the changes going on right now and exactly what that ought to be. What we can do is create an innovation ecosystem, a culture here around teaching that says we're going to push the edges over that next decade. So when 10 years from now gets here, we're going to have a program that maps against the times and continues to prepare students for whatever's next. We, we do things like seed grants where we give grants to faculty with great ideas, put their project into, into practice, they make something interesting happen in their classroom, and we don't do a very good job of saying, well, boy, that's a great idea. That ought to be dialed up to the department or the college or the university level. I mean, industry will think about stage gate processes where they seed a lot of ideas and some of them they move on to, an, uh, you know, again, higher levels and until they maybe turn it into a new company or, or something even bigger. And, and that's the notion here is how do you think about these ideas and, and scale the ones that could affect the whole college, a whole university? And how do we make sure this place gets great ideas from you? our faculty, our staff, our students, and, and again, can take those ideas and turn them into something more when it's appropriate. So that's the second one. Third one, and again, these are things that Polytechnic certainly is, is already pursuing. Lots of demand for things that cut across traditional boundaries and barriers, okay? And, and my uh, certificates, minors, majors, uh, my sort of poster example for this is uh, one of the students that was in we had a number of listening sessions when we rolled this out. And the student, I think he was a liberal arts student, he, he stood up. What he wanted to major in was water, okay, water. And at first, you think, oh, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, he, this, this particular student was really interested in water as a resource. And he wanted to understand the science, the hydrology and all the aspects that may be technical. But he also wanted to understand policy around water and socioeconomic issues around water and, and even ethics, legal kinds of things. And... and so you, know, you get a student like that that wants to bridge the technical with perhaps the humanities, liberal arts, social sciences elements of something. How do we help that student do that? You folks are doing things already with liberal arts that are really interesting, degree plus being a great program that's letting students double major in interesting ways. But that's the idea. The, third, the, the fourth one is around just building bridges between the curricular and, and the co-curricular, okay? The things that happen in these settings and the things that happen, again, in clubs, organizations, the co-rec, uh, all the uh, study abroad, all the things that are around sort of the traditional academic campus. And this is kind of front and center. And, and again, you folks are right in the middle of this with experiential learning. The question out there in 10 years is, why does a student pay a lot of money to go away someplace for four years and experience a residential campus? We have to be able to answer that, okay? And I think the answer is more than just what happens in these settings. It's, it's the broader set of experiences that a student has 
that ultimately helps prepare them for life. And, and how do we make sure that's happening? And so you folks, I mean, your, your active learning program is certainly aligned with this in a, in, a, in a very important way. But yesterday we kicked off something called Steps to Leaps, which is intended to help meet a new generation of students, Generation Z, to help them really develop professional and personal skills, uh, abilities, uh, to do things like deal with adversity, challenges, et cetera, that, that are just out there in front of them. Mental well-being is a very, very big deal, and uh, it's one of those things that we have to support and help our students be successful here. And then the last point is, this is the idea that uh, every one of our students, we admit, we believe, has every intellectual ability, has the experience to be successful here. So why aren't they? And what things can we do to get barriers out of the way, to provide support, so that they can move through this institution in a timely way with a good experience and move on with their life. This is a really important thing. Again, I think it's very lined up with much of what the Polytechnic has on its agenda. Another area that you folks are right in the middle of is data science. It's a very important initiative for the campus. Um, when we start thinking about data, it literally affects almost every major on this campus. I mean, it's very difficult to find one that, that somehow is not using data in a different way, in, in a, a more intense way than it was just a few years ago. That is about the coolest thing. I mean, 650 students in Hill and Brand Hall, 20-something learning communities, a dozen companies giving them real stuff to work on from all over the campus. And part of our role here is to turn out more people with computing, data, data science backgrounds, which is what you're doing with the growth you're experiencing some of, in some of the programs you have. So this is a, a, a big deal. And Last one, I'll just say something about faculty, and we talked about this a little bit with the leadership team. We're trying to think a little bit more about faculty success in the spirit of, of a faculty member's career. So from the time that they join us, or even we're recruiting them, until they retire, and what's that mean for faculty development? Because what a new faculty member needs is very different than someone, say, that just was promoted to associate, that's now at full. So, so that whole sort of framework is the way we're trying to think about faculty development. The Polytechnic is using the coach survey to better understand how to, to better support faculty, and we're going to continue to do that at the campus level because many of the issues, as you would imagine, are the same. Staff side, again, I think we've, we've now got the whole notion of job families in place, so some of the, the, the potential of that program to allow people to move up through ranks will be something that will be soon now that the whole thing's in place. And I think they're going to now, hopefully, with, with much of the structure behind them, start thinking more about professional development and such for our staff as well. So, again, a couple of things happening uh, here. I do want to take the opportunity just to say thank you to all of you for the things that you've got going in the Polytechnic. We talked about the, the growth and the, uh, again, and, and that's not an easy thing to manage. I mean, somebody's recruiting these students and then obviously helping them have a good experience. Placement's really strong. Your grad programs are growing. The research is growing. You got some exciting things you're doing out, out in the statewide locations. Of course, the student trustee is from your from the Polytechnic as well, Noah Scott, who I can assure you is representing you very well on the Board of Trustees. He's a very impressive young man. And the, again, research continues to grow. I saw the other day, and somebody's doing work with, what was it, a, 
a, an automated pill, robotic pill in, in for a cow's room, and that's kind of back in my world, you know, agriculture, so <laughs> it sounds a little bit creepy, but uh, interesting, so anyway, but, but again, I just uh, want to acknowledge that and say thanks to all of you for what you're doing to really move the Polytechnic forward. Uh, good things are happening here, and the people in this room are a really critical part of that. It's Techies Today, the Purdue Polytechnic podcast, and our guest is Jay Ackridge. After Jay concluded his remarks to our faculty and staff, he was asked about his top goals as Purdue's provost. He noted that Purdue Polytechnic Dean Gary Bertolini leads a college that is itself bigger than most private universities in Indiana. And looking ahead, Jay talked about how the quantity and demographics of college-age students will be significantly different by 2030. It's the coming reality, and Jay says that Purdue needs to start preparing for it now. Here's Jay Ackridge describing his top four goals. One of the things that's really high on my list is we have 10 deans leading their own very large units. I mean, frankly, many of our colleges are larger than most of the private institutions in this state, and nobody ever thinks about it. But Gary's leading a unit that's bigger than most presidents lead in the state of Indiana. So part of this role is, is making sure we're trying to do all we can to support the things that are happening in your unit, because the polytechnics, student base, industry support, et cetera, looks different than ags and pharmacies and so on. So. That's a big deal. The second one is the roadmap is a very big deal to me and to us. Okay, this idea of, of where our undergraduate program should be in a decade, we need to start on that now, okay, to be frank, because most of the demographics are, are not favorable for higher ed. And a lot of you have heard this. I mean, you look out at the end of the decade, the 2030, Indiana will have supposedly at that point 19% fewer 18 to 21 year olds going to four year schools than they did in 2017. So it's reality, and, and that group will be more diverse. The, the number of white students is down a quarter, the number of African-American students is up, and the number of Latino Latinx students is about flat. So, so we're going to be looking at fewer and more diverse students, and we need to be a place that students want to be, okay? Because there's still going to be a lot of students going to four-year schools, and so to put your head in the sand and say, oh my gosh, the sky is falling is, is the wrong response. We will still see tens of thousands of Indiana students and Midwest students going to four institutions, why don't they come here? So, so this, is, this is kind of the second really big thing. The third one for me is the growth, okay? Because we, we, we want to make sure that as we have tremendous interest in Purdue, and that's a wonderful thing, okay? We got 55,000 applications last year to come here. You know, we accept 8,000 students ultimately. And making sure that in this as we grow this place, we don't compromise the experience is, is a really important point. And that's a, that's a dance because, again, this issue of classrooms uh, that was raised is real. We have to have adequate advising capacity to make sure that the students are still having that, you know, appropriate experience there. And every other service you can think of, you, you don't want to get ahead of yourself or certainly get ahead of yourself very so far. So, you know, for me, those, those are three big ones. And then if you want to throw in a fourth, you can think broadly about climate, diversity, inclusion, and just the whole issue of making this place welcoming, supportive place that people want to be too, because faculty, staff, especially now, the competition with talent's real. Yeah. Uh, you folks see it anytime you search nationally for a position. Staff have lots of choices. And how we, I mean, you folks are working on this. How do you make this a place that people want to work as well? So, or, or keep it a place people want to work. So those are four things that are kind of important. 
Jay Ackridge has been Purdue's provost since 2017. Learn more about the new initiatives and facilities he discussed by going online to polytechnic.purdue.edu slash techies today and look for the hot links under episode number eight. Next on the podcast is Mark Zimfer, an assistant professor in the School of Construction Management Technology. Techies Today is produced at Purdue University in Purdue Polytechnic's Office of Marketing Communications. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at TechPurdue. The podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Techies Today. You can send us email to techiestoday at purdue.edu. Our executive producer is Melissa Templeton. I'm John O, the podcast's editor and producer. Thanks for listening. That's what's happening for Techies Today.